0: Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write, people. It's also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true, you know. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as uh, video interviews with selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Last month, we had... Uh, Jason Taylor, on fabulous YA author. This month, my conversation with Lee Goodkin. The uh, he's a journalist and uh, memoir well, now a memoirist, and he wrote a great memoir called My Last Eight Thousand Days. And we had a very fun conversation about writing personal narrative and memoir in his unusual career. Yes, we did. And that's on Author Magazine, so you can pop on over there, authormagazine.org, and check it out. Check it out. Also, we're funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. And uh, I think I mentioned last uh, week that there's going to be, at it's in the works anyway, a virtual mini-conference this January. That's the plan. And uh, I think I'll be teaching a class on uh i'll be teaching a class on how to write a book proposal so you can learn about that at pnwa.org. go on over there if you want to do it doesn't matter where you are it's virtual so you can do it if you're in california rhode island florida (laughs) georgia i don't want to talk about the states today for various reasons but wherever you live uh listen um speaking of uh conferences this saturday november 7th i will be teaching fearless writing at the writer's digest yearly conference which is being done virtually No idea how to sign up for it, but I know you can. I bet you still can. So I'll be doing that this Saturday at 11.45 a.m. Pacific time, whatever that is over there. That's what I'll be doing. So if you want to check it out, please do. Or if you want to take some other classes, do that too. But that's what I'll be doing. Okay, so about a month ago, I had Clifford Brooks on. Remember that? Well, my power went out right smack in the middle of that. And uh, I I was not happy about that because we were in the middle of a great conversation, so I got him back. Do you remember who Clifford is? Well, Clifford is the founder of Southern Collective Experience and editor-in-chief of the Blue Mountain Review. He hosts Dante's Old South on NPRWUTC and this business of music and poetry. He has three books of poetry, uh, The Draw of Broken Eyes and Whirling Metaphysics. Athena Departs in Exiles of Eden. He currently bounces around Georgia, writing his new collection, The Book of Old Gods, his poetry-fiction hybrid, Salvation of Cowboy Blue Crawford. It's due out in the spring of 2022. And, well, like I said, we started this conversation, so we're going to have him back on. Let's see if we can finish it this time. Clifford, how are you doing?
1: I am good, dog. How are you doing? Uh, I'm
0: not going to lie, Clifford. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, but you know what? Here I am. Here I am, and uh, yes, I'm ready to talk about, about you, Clifford.
1: I'm going to talk about you. Um, well, I'm glad I'm here to do so.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to bring people up a little bit on you. We, uh, what are, You told one of the most amazing stories, and I want to dive back into that. Um, you told this amazing story about you uh, you, all, you gotten you interested in writing as a young fellow oh, because you were on the spectrum although I don't know when you were I, I can't remember we got into this we might get into it again you got, you were on the spectrum you are on the spectrum whatever however you want to phrase it but you did did you get like did somebody tell you that when you were young or did they just say boy he likes to focus I can't remember like there was like a diagnosis or any of that
1: business no uh, my parents uh, without rose colored glasses. Um, knew that I was unique. Uh, they didn't cut me slack. <laughs> I like that word. I did quotation fingers. Could you feel it? Unique. Um,
0: I felt it. And I so, felt it. You know,
1: they uh, they were they were they were, they they disciplined me, but they knew when my uniqueness needed some space. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then through my early teen years and especially youth, the only autistic example we had was Rain Man. So unless you yeah. were that yeah. uh, severe, there was there, we didn't I didn't know that there was there was anything else but that you know and nor did a lot of other people right. um so well, fast, fast forward yeah go ahead i'm sorry no you fast forward until i was 39 or 40 and a, uh, I, I got a new psychiatrist and uh from jump street he said uh clip you're you're high functioning autistic but we're going to run through these right. tests right. and make sure and he's extremely meticulous with it and um where people asked me well did you feel ostracized or you know did you feel like you were you know somehow pigeonholed or pegged and I said no there was a tremendous freedom knowing what I was dealing with yeah
0: my my dad went through the same thing when he realized I mean he sort of self-diagnosed himself as um, Asperger's in his late 70s and it for him it was a big relief because he always kind of wondered like what's up with me and you know again this was his own diagnosis but it probably makes sense however you want to I don't even like the word diagnosis quite frankly I feel like it's not you know I think we talked about this some but I feel like it's it, it summons the wrong idea about your your frame of reference for the world. But to get back to your childhood, that frame of reference was that you were uh, able to focus and that you focused on writing was part of how you focused, yeah?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah.
0: And as a, and as a young person from a pretty young age.
1: Yes, sir. I was around uh ten years old and the um the, the crux of why I wrote was to create worlds not where I was some dominant force, but the characters their actions made sense. What they said matched their actions. And so I just ended up creating a world not knowing what I was doing with a skill or an art, it just gave me calm to to create a place where um everything added up.
0: That's oh, that see, I don't think you said that last time. So you were what although you probably didn't have language for that, but look but, but uh-huh. you've at the time,
1: but you wanted the character's actions. Say again, what did you want? Their actions to, to, to match their words, for their, their, their attitudes and their plans to actually have meaning and not subtext or some kind of ulterior motive. Right.
0: Interesting. And so that gave you some sort of sense of calm doing that. Because did you have yes. trouble like reading people's subtext or, or, or ulterior motives when you were young?
1: Oh, yeah. To this day, to this day, yeah. man. Um, you get – knowing what I'm knowing what i dealing with, the construct, the lens with which I see, um, yeah. I, I, I'm better, and I know who to trust. And it's, it's not like I need a keeper or a translator, but having people around right, me that right. know me when I get confused can kind of sneak over and say, this is what's going on. Right, um, okay. And then having the humility and, and the gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, so that's an that's a ongoing thing, brother. Okay. All right, so, so there you
0: are, you're writing, and, and the focus, of course, so important for writing. And – you um, told this amazing story. So you're—I can't. How are you in your? How old are you in your? This is your first book. The book for, is this must have been the draw of broken eyes and whirling metaphysics. You're, it's your whirling first metaphysics book First one. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, how old were you when when that gets published? I was in my early thirties. I was uh, okay. thirty-one or thirty-two. Okay. So you had written some fiction, yeah, and it, was yeah. it you had yeah. and you had sent it. Somehow you had sent the fiction off with some poetry. Like how did – I forget. The agent was like, nah, not about the fiction, but we like this poetry. Tell me that again. How
1: would that go? Yeah, I can can make this short. I used to have a much better story, but I think this is way funnier Um, and true. So uh, I was on a radio show, and I was talking about a novel synopsis and some short stories I'd written. I did humorous nonfiction and fiction. And okay. this agent in New York sent me an email and said, hey, I love this fiction. Can I see your synopsis and stuff like that? And I'm like, sure. And so okay. before I sent it, uh, there was a voice that said, just throw in those three poems, the only three poems I have. That's it. And I threw it in there. And um, that, that that Friday is when the agent called me and said, Cliff, we we, we really enjoy your prose. But this poetry, man, that's where it's at. Do you have more of it? And, again, that's where I was at, that proverbial crossroads where I could say no, be honest, or lie through my teeth and hope for the best, and I picked the latter uh and so he gave me four days to turn in 80 pages and although i'm sure that they were terrible i sat down and and hammered out and it was no easy feat i don't want to sound like i'm being uh flippant about this but i didn't read any poetry i locked i locked into it and realized that uh and again it it was an epiphany and in that time of panic wait why don't you since you can't play music the way music makes you feel try and do that with words And so that's how I created my voice. That's how I came in originally, and I and and it was done in the bubble. Um, So it was it was it was a.
0: Yeah. I love this story.
1: (laughs) I love this
0: story, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, So I I assume that the eighty pages you sent, they didn't say perfect. Let's go to press. They probably asked you to rewrite
1: some stuff, or how did that go? Oh yeah, thank God. (laughs) I'm just I'm glad I can't (laughs) find that pulpy mess because I'm sure it would depress me. But they they saw um, they saw in the poetry uh, that what I call the divine flame that 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 birthright yeah. that artists have and I'm not being I'm not yeah. being romantic about it it's no like no it's no purpose. no Nope. they could they they could see that that kernel and then uh, there were there was a, an extremely intense two years of uh, obsessive editing that really oh, owned wow. me as a poet wow yeah wow yeah. okay
0: so first you write this stuff in a frenzy and yes. then you spend two years editing. And was that I, I, I may we may this may be all we talk about, but I don't even care. So we uh, so you, you, you. Uh, how was that two years? Did you because you had to because you in your mind, you weren't a poet yet. You know, that's the kind of a thing as writers. We have to we get these labels. And but you were having to wear a new hat. And uh, and now you're having to like work with somebody. Like How was that two years? Was it scary? Was it weird? Were you excited? How was it?
1: Yes, <laughs> yes all those. Uh, uh, I mean, to the short of it, yes, uh, there were a lot of 4 a.m. bare face to the mirror. What the hell have I done moment? Yeah. Um, then there were these much, um, much, much longer periods of peace, finding this language that I didn't know was in me. Um, there. Without saying, I'll I put an aside to everything. I'm not trying to be esoteric about this, but when I unlatched those hinges to the treasure chest of poetry, all of these sounds, uh, always listening to music, music being the driving force to nearly everything I do, or at least a significant part yeah. of it. Um, yeah. Reminding myself, and 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 it's the harmony and the melody, the way the words sound within, not just at the end. It became a it became a fun game, you know, where yeah. Where I thought I'd figure I thought I'd figure the poem out and then there'd be another technique or another sound that would make me go back and kind of rearrange things. Seeing yeah. words more like and when writing poetry is like finger painting where you they're literally they're malleable objects where you can mash them around and push them in a stanza here and a line there and a line yeah. in the and then, you know, trying to trying to mirror it with a diptych and a triptych. Because, you know, in the end, if you don't like now, I get like a 12 year old excited. Talking about right. these things, and I think that if you if you if you lose that, you get too full of yourself, and your poetry reflects that, and people people disengage.
0: Man, I'll tell you what you called it. What the what did you call it? The eternal. What would you call it? The flame. The what flame? The divine. The, the yeah the divine yeah the divine flame. flame. I, I think it's I think it's spot on. And um, you know, I'm working on a book now. I'm, I my editor sent it back, and she was like, "This is great. I love it." But I got these. I need these things. And by the way, can you get to me by November seventeenth? And I was like, no problem. And so <laughs> back in I go. And, um, and the thing is, Clifford, is, you know, I, this is writing on a subject that I write about a lot, which is like we, so you and I talked about fearless writing on your, on your show. And I can write about this, but I don't want to just write about it. I want that what you call the divine flame. I want the inspiration. I want the surprise. I want the flow. I want to be connected. I don't want to just do it, you know? And so even though I have this deadline and I'm very fluent in this subject matter, I don't want to just do it. Without that flame, uh-huh. without that giddy app, it's not the same. It's just not the same. And especially when you can imitate yourself, which I can at this point, you know? So I, I hear you, brother. I hear you. It's where it all comes from. Agreed. I think. So all right, so you publish it. You publish draw of broken eyes and whirling metaphysics. What the hell happens then? What what happens to Clifford um, when he publishes his first book?
1: It it was good. The publisher that, that contacted me um to to publish the draw of broken eyes and whirling metaphysics, uh with a small to middle range publisher and, and uh the, the virtue in that is that you get to learn the business from the inside out. It's much more one on one. And yeah. I learned the science of the book. So there's a surreal moment, uh, to say the least, when you get that first box of books. And I distinctly remember this, opening up the books, and there's this giddy like Christmas, oh, my God, and you take the book out, right. and I think, oh, no, everybody with $18 can learn every secret and terrible thing I've ever done, which you'd think I'd have thought that before I let the book go. But right. um, I I calmed, my, I calmed myself down and took a series of deep breaths and, and realized later that uh, if you're not if you want to lie, write fiction. And that's not bashing on fiction. I love fiction. No, no. I no. love fiction. If you, want to, yeah. if you want to write poetry, I believe that honesty is the key. That people go yeah. to poetry to be, to be uplifted, but it's to be uplifted with the truth and yeah. uh, not with flowers and, and, you know, holding hands and kumbaya kind of stuff, but sometimes stark reality. But the book came out and, um, you know, I, the, the, coming from a long line of businessmen, I sat back and said, okay, how do I move this thing? Yeah, um, and yeah. Then the next phase was actually getting out and reading in public.
0: Yeah, that's the nice thing about poetry is that it, is it at least, although you you know, obviously a collection of poems not probably not going to sell what a what a, a thriller will, but at least right. the the fundamental um, mechanics of selling a book of poetry is the poetry reading, which is yeah. uh, you know it's a staple of the art house scene or whatever it is. So, and you like reading your stuff in public? How do you feel about that?
1: There's another funny story that comes with this bill. Uh, so, yeah. Avid Books and, and Avid Books in Athens, Georgia. Uh, big shout out to them, always in my heart. Uh, they saw in, in the Athens Red and Black, University of Georgia's um, go dogs newspaper uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, that sorry, there's more people. Uh, that's all right. That there was a new a new poet from Athens that was nominated for some awards. That had this new book come out, which again, God being a huge part in all this, there's no reason for that to have happened. Right. But then the Abbott Books saw it and they invited me to come do a reading. So uh the, the morning of the, the evening of the reading I drive up Ugh, I shouldn't be telling these stories. Oh, I, tell I got it, book, tell box, it. I got the I got I got the box of books in my arms yeah, and I'm walking yeah, towards yeah. Abbott and I see this line out the door and my first thought was, Oh good, it's the wrong day. This is, this is not right. what I'm supposed to be here. So I almost go in the door and I like spin around thinking, okay, well there's somebody that, that matters in there. The owner right. comes out and says, Wait, 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 come in, come here, come here, I'm like, what? Like, these, this is for you. These, I'm like, what? No, I don't know this many people. I don't. I mean, I don't and, what the hell and happened? I, I don't. That's and so I thought it would be my mama and like an uncle, right, maybe right. a cousin, a friend or two. Right. Uh, I walk in and the places. Is, is full. And I Bill, at that moment I realized, oh shit, I've never read in public ever, ah, ever. At that moment, <laughs> this is another god. like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> before I went in there, my first publisher said, Clifford, look read your poetry like this oh, and I, I, I kind of scoffed at him he's like cliff because trust me look i've talked to you on the phone many times and you yeah. talk like a machine gun right so right and that was probably that was probably the most valuable piece of information i was given about readings and that reading poetry reading i'm not being captain cool or or elvis or Dean yeah. here but um poetry readings suck for a reason <laughs> By and large, um, if you ask me to course,
0: go to a poetry hugely. reading
1: – if you ask me to go to a poetry reading, I'll say, Bill, I thought we were friends. Uh, what, what did I do wrong, man? Um, it, it, and I don't have it all figured out, but uh, I, I write my poetry in language I use, so there are no clunky words or, or weird arrangements right. trying to, quote-unquote, right. sound smart. Yeah, I slow down. Like I am with you, I calm myself. And in that space that my publisher was talking about, you can change the inflection. You can change yep. almost the yep. entire – you can, not almost the entire – so you never read the same poem twice. So, you, allow right, right. To, yep. you allow people to – and you write something accessible. You know, you write things that people can get into that you obviously don't spell out like prose, right. um, but you have a familiar melody in there. That's what people strive for. They want that musical journey, and that's well, what I try huh. to provide. My question to you is: Why the hell were there so many people there? Because if you didn't, like, oh, what, but, how did how did that happen? Because uh, I was in the um uh I was in the Red and Black, the, the University. I, I, I left a big gap there. Yeah. Um, the University. Uh, actually, he's still a friend of mine. This was uh 2012. Uh, I got an email out of the blue from a reporter with the Red and Black, which is the University of Georgia yeah. Go Dogs uh, yeah. newspaper, and yeah. uh, he said, "Could we meet and talk about your book?" And and I'm like, "How did you how did you even know about my book?" and he yeah. said that he had seen a he'd seen a flyer and they were sitting around the table saying hey we need something fresh and new that's local we need to get you know the energy back up and he yeah. said i literally looked over to my right and i saw the flyer and i said well here's a home here's a, here's a hometown boy he's just he's got a traditionally published uh, uh, volume. Yeah. and i mean it, it it's you know there's no coincidence in the universe and i'm not trying uh, by I don't, any degree to, to preach here yeah. but it so it was, yeah, I- it was through that that announcement that, um, and you know, of course, university of Georgia being a, an enormous school that, uh, they, they brought in enough people that, you know, and it's frightening as it was, there's a part of you that's exciting without getting too much ego that, okay, there's something to this, you know, oh, there's something yeah. that's drawing these people here.
0: Well, also yeah. what's nice is I was just writing about this in the book about why we share our work. Like what's like, what, what really, why do you do it really? And, um, The connection with people, that mysterious connection to have your work, the stuff that you wrote that inspired you or surprised you or delighted you um, have go out and really it's you first. You're the first reader and then to have it reach someone else and have some effect with them on them. I I find it magical and it reminds you that it's about just, it's about more than just you and language. Although that's a nice part of it, it can become about something bigger. So I think, I think the readings are great for that reason. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Agree. yeah. So, all right. Well, so you are a man of many talents, uh, poetry being just one of them. Uh, I was on your fabulous show, Dante's old South uh, last week or two weeks ago. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. So you have that. You do that show. You're the editor of Blue Mountain Review. Uh, Did you start Blue Mountain Review, or were you recruited to edit it? How did that go? Um,
1: The company I created that promotes uh, artists on the professional level called the Southern Collective Experience, Uh um, I started that very short behind that. I wanted to to create a group of people that were uh, not so combative that uh, <laughs> were uh, professionals in their field and uh, those funny little habits of being happy for somebody when they're successful. You know, yeah. I had to actually foster that in a group without being perfect and not grandstanding or preaching. Uh, right. Never thought in a million years I'd have to LLC that thing and get an accountant, never. Um, but just like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, where there's got to be that 12-year-old element of, of glee and a and a come of naivete, the company got established, and, and you're dealing with these people that you, you love, like family members. And the yeah. buddy of mine, Peter Rastusha, Peter Rastusha, one of the, the smartest human being I've ever met, uh, said, we should put together a literary magazine. And I said, that would be – I like that idea. And so we went into it knowing we, we wanted to create something different, and it became – I'm sure I didn't create this, this term, but we call it a journal of culture. Uh, okay. We have an element where people submit, mag- you know, submit their fictions, essay, poetry, photos, all that stuff, but then we go out and we do interviews. Like, you know, we have, with you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. I've been that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Bill. Um, I, b- and, I and, believe and it's, I it's, was. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm right. the same way. I was like, Was I there Thursday? Yeah. That's um, right. so, yeah, I'm serious, dude. Was today the 12th? No, no, the day. It's, Tuesday. Okay. It's the fourth. Um, it's the fourth. So, it, the, the, the magazine, no, we, we created the magazine. And, uh, actually, our eight year anniversary issue comes out this weekend. Wow! Hey, that's awesome. Congrats! And do you like it? Do you like love you, it? Like, do you I like love doing it. it? Do you? What do you love about love it? it, man? I do. What's the, I mean, it's a. It's a. I mean, it. You know, you can get tired of words. Anybody that says that they can't? Mm, yeah, I'd be I'd yeah. be dubious about that. Uh, but uh, it's it, you know, I created a bucket list early. I said, okay, I, who are my heroes in music and literature, and then all the genres of literature. Yeah. And I made a list. And over the last uh, eight years, I have exhausted that list. And, and just to sit here and, and so happy that when I'm talking to like Robert Penske and, you know, and, and Melissa Stutter and um, right. uh, Kelly Russell Agadon and, you know, I'm not trying to name drop. I'm why are these people talking to me? I'm so glad they're right. on the phone because I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, oh my God, you know, just fanboying out on them. I'm like, oh right. God, I'll have your baby, you know. Right. Uh, and, and, and so the, again, it, it's, it's that, you know, and the same thing in music, you know, and, and so you, I can't I'm pretty sure. I know. I'm. I, I know. Gospel. I would be struck by lightning if I ever went. Oh, I just can't. And then do something that's you know that's fun. It, you know, again, you're you're busy, but uh, you know, again, I used to laugh at this, but it's absolutely true. When you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Yeah. No,
0: it's true. I. 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 It's, it, I don't do everything I do for money. I would do for free, and so mm-hmm. it's a good. It's a good setup. And if people want to submit. Mm-hmm. People like if someone has a short story or a poem or an essay, can they like submit it to Blue Mountain Review? Or how do you get how do you yeah. get material? No,
1: absolutely. We're open. We're open in all genres all year round. And uh, if you go to the company website www.southerncollectiveexperience.com, and then go to the magazine, you'll find this uh, the submission portal to Submittable, and you can send it all, all right. through there.
0: All right. Well, that's okay. Well, that, and now, do you are you one of the people reading the work when it comes in, or does somebody else do that?
1: Uh, well, I have I have um, editors for essays. Uh, Jennifer Avery, Robert Waltney does fiction. Casanova Green does uh, microfiction, and uh, Laura Ingram and I uh, co edited Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram. Yes. Isn't she a have- not that mind. one? Not little house. not <laughs> different Laura Ingram. Not, not, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, she, she actually uh, is a phenomenal young lady who won my company's first poetry chapbook contest. Oh, and nice. uh, after working with her and finding that same divine flame and professionalism, uh, she came on and is also our social media uh, manager. Oh, so I mean, it's, when you do, and again, I'm not, I'm not the best person in the world, uh, but when I do find that when you do good work with good people, miracles happen every day.
0: Ah, uh, you're speaking my language,
1: Clifford. I like it. I thought I might. I like I it. Okay, I so what's,
0: go, what's happening with Clifford right now? You're you're working on the Book of Old Gods and yes, the salvation of Cowboy Blue Crawford. Is that completed? This fiction poetry hybrid is it
1: done? It is close to completion. It's in the editing phase. I've had um, the. A huge shift in my focus in 2020, uh, in an extraordinarily positive direction, put me back on track with why I write, why I love to write, and that 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 childlike joy came back. And I started to, you know, laugh at my own jokes and go, "Oh, that's cool," you know. Right. Um, and I found that the rest of that story with Cowboy Blue Crawford found me. Uh, the Book of Old God has about uh, a fourth left to do that I feel in me from this year especially and, and, and into next. Um, but the 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 destination I see the light at the end of the tunnel I finally have um, in fine focus.
0: Yeah, so you 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 got some you got stuff cooking a nice variety of things cooking that must
1: feel good. It feels fantastic, man. It, it, it's uh for a, when you're a, to 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 have a purpose uh, makes dealing with some harsh realities much easier.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you know I think about harsh realities. They become good stories later on. That's my feeling about exactly.
1: that. Exactly. Exactly. This has got to be the most quotable show I've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is be a hey man, that needs to be a bumper sticker. That yeah.
0: does. Well, I was think. I think you know. I write mostly what I write now are little stories about, or, I, or if I don't, or essays that involve story from my stories from my life, and um,
1: mm-hmm. as and a
0: poem is kind of like that. I think back when I wrote poetry Very and. Nice. um, and usually I draw upon the stuff where things didn't seem so good, you know, where it's mm-hmm. often those moments when things weren't going so
1: well that I look upon exactly. as the best material. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, cause I think at the end of the day, people don't want to have sunshine uh, blown up their backside. They just want to hear that everything's going to be all right. And you, you that, can't say that without yeah. saying that you've been through something. Hey, you know what?
0: I realize like that, the only thing I ever say, Clifford, in all the thousands of essays I've written, is everything's going to be okay, even when it looks like everything's not okay. Like that's all I say, again mm-hmm. and again and again. It's going to be all right.
1: Mm-hmm. Like that's my job, Clifford. As I say, it's it, it is. Okay. That is our responsibility yeah. to our readers: is, is to tell the yeah. truth and, and and be that quiet voice that says it's going to be all right. It's not going. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say it's going to be butterflies and rainbows, but we're going <laughs> to get through this if we do it together. Yeah. I like it. I like it. That's the truth. That's what we want.
0: Well, Clifford, you're a good guy. Uh, I'm so glad I got you back on here. Uh, although sure. I'm not quite done with you just yet. Um, <laughs> not just yet. I have you, one more question for you. One more question. Uh, what I want you to do is finish the sentence. If writing all the interesting writing you've done over your life has taught you anything, it's taught you what?
1: Be honest, yeah. Be honest with yourself and with the public. It's enough. It is with with your skill. Yeah. Be honest with your intention. Be honest with your audience. Be honest with yourself.
0: Oh, it's so simple, but it's so challenging. But it's the truth. And scary
1: tale. Yes, sir.
0: Thank you, buddy. You're awesome. Yes, are you? Take it easy, and uh, I look forward. To, well, I'd love to get a hold of the Book of Old Gods and the Salvation of Cowboy Blue Crawford. So ping me when it's ready.
1: Well, and let me say right now that The Drawbroken Eyes, The Word of Metaphysics, and Athena Departs and Exiles of Eden are all obtainable online where all fine books are sold.
0: Oh, of course. I'm sorry. Yes, of course they are. People, go out and get them. Uh, Clifford, take it easy.
1: Yes, sir. You too.
0: All right. Yes, people, tell the truth. It's okay. It's okay. Just tell the truth. That's all you got to do. All right. Listen, everybody, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm going to be back here. I'm going to be back here on uh, Tuesday, usual time, usual day. Uh, Until then, everybody, find something you love to do and do it.